You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KCCZ LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Welcome to Your Career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont, and we are coming to you live from beautiful downtown Conroe, Texas on Lone Star Community Radio, IRLoneStar.com. 104.5, 106.1, and I got to tell you, it is another beautiful day here in Texas, and I am excited to be here today. We've got a wonderful guest in the studio, and uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Todd Bermont, and I've written the book, 10 Insider Secrets to Winning Job Search. Also teach adjunct uh, through Education to Go, 12 Steps to a Successful Job Search, and um in addition to that, my full-time job is heading up sales and marketing for Evolve, and we design and build data centers here in Houston and throughout the United States and the globe. So uh, today I'm really excited because uh, we just have an outstanding guest from uh, really one of the leading architecture, architecture and design firms, not only in Houston, but across the globe. And uh, shortly we're going to be bringing on uh, Martin Gallwitzer, and uh, but before doing that, though, uh, one of the things that we always cover on the show is the weekly unemployment report. And I am really pleased to say that once again, we had a great number uh, on the report that came out yesterday morning, uh, 225,000 or so uh, first time claims for unemployment. And uh, so those of you that listen to the program on a regular basis know that anything below 300,000 claims is a really strong number. So the fact that we are hovering still at 225,000 claims, that is outstanding. That means this economy right now is flying in all cylinders. And this is, uh, for those of you in the audience that are looking to get a new job or or maybe you've recently been laid off and, and you're uh, wondering what you can do now for your career, I tell you the job opportunities out there are outstanding, especially here in the Houston area and, and throughout the state of Texas. So in addition, I want to cover our question of the week. And one of the things that we talk about on the program is the importance of key selling points, not only being able to articulate your key selling points in the interview, but also on your resume. So the question of the week comes to us from Jim. And Jim was wondering, I have a lot of key selling points. How do I determine what I should and shouldn't put on the resume? And uh, that's a great question, Jim. And, and the way that I'd like to answer that is I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the hiring manager. If you were looking to hire a candidate such as yourself, what kind of things would you be looking in the ideal candidate? What types of strengths, what types of skills would you want to see in that candidate? Those are the types of key selling points that you'll want to focus on. So with that, I want to go directly to our guest today because we have so much to cover and so little time to do it. So I would like to welcome to the program Martin Gallwitzer. And Martin is a design manager, studio director, regional community sector leader, and regional critical facilities practice area leader in the Houston office for Gensler. And uh, Martin specializes in the management of complex technical projects that require particular consideration of security, process, and operational uptime. He has completed many critical 
facility project types such as data centers, processing centers, contact centers, control and operations space, trading floors, specialty buildings for government agencies, and so many other different types of projects. He's been the project manager or other key t- uh team member on literally millions of square feet of critical facilities projects across the globe. Martin is a founder and president also of the 7 by 24 exchange, uh, the Texas South chapter, which includes Houston, Austin, and San Antonio. And for those of you in the data center industry, this is a great group uh, to become a member of. Uh, 7 by 24 exchange is the leading Knowledge exchange for those who design, build, use, and maintain mission-critical enterprise information infrastructures. So with that, Martin, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Todd. Well, I am really curious. You know, having been a fan of Seinfeld over the years, uh, once in a while, uh, George Costanza would, would have a made-up character, and he would, he would pretend to be an architect. Yes. And and uh, I'm really excited because uh, a lot of people don't know when I was a kid, that was one of the things I used to love, like drawing those three dimension buildings and downtown landscapes and stuff like that. And uh, it was always a thought of mine to get into architecture. And I always wonder what my life would be like if I had chosen that path years ago. And every time I see a Seinfeld episode where George Costanza pretends to be an architect. It always makes me think about that. So this is the first time that we actually have an architect in the room and uh, in the studio here. And I'm really curious with your background, you know, thinking back to school, what, what caused you to choose this as a career to begin with? Well, Todd, um, you know, I've had a long time interest, I think, as a lot of your listeners have um, with design and with uh, building design in particular. And um, I originally gravitated towards the construction industry. And um, that's where my educational focus was when I first went to college. And as I went through the education process and and started to explore some different options around that, you know, I I sort of fell into the design world. And um, to make a long story short, I ended up transitioning from a construction-focused education to a design-focused education. And as you know, the, the design and the construction industries are very closely tied together. So um, I didn't really switch industries. I just sort of switched um, focuses within the same world. So uh, looking back on it, you glad you made that decision? I am. Um, there, there was a time where, where I, I, I used to question it a little bit and <laughs> sort of have the, you know, oh, man, if only... Um, and then when I, when I really started working in the uh, large-scale commercial architecture business and I started going to the job sites and seeing what uh, contractors do and what they deal with every day you know, on the site, um, I started to, to gain a, a better appreciation for being in the design world and sort of envisioning mm-hmm. you know, the, the front end versus executing the back end. Um, not that we're not involved in the execution, but uh, we're not out there swinging hammers. So, um, so, so when it comes to getting involved in the design and architecture of a building, um, you know, like we have a lot of listeners that are in uh, Lone Star College as well as Sam Houston. And, um, you know, for those folks who may be uh, students out there, what type of a major 
do you need to be able to uh, get into this line of work? And, and overall, what do you think of it as a career for somebody that might be coming out of college? Well, there are three primary uh, components um, sort of to our industry. One is design, one is engineering, one is construction. And there are firms that provide different uh, combinations of mm -hmm. those services. Uh, Gensler in particular is only a design firm. Okay. Um, and so we look for uh, folks who have background, their education in architecture, interior design. Different college programs have different names, you know, for those programs, but you know, it's either architecture or interior design background, not exclusively, but almost exclusively what we look for is, is a baseline education for our uh, staff. Interesting. So when we come back from the break, one of the things that I'm going to want to uh, really learn about is, you know, what do you look for when, when hiring a person? You know, what kind of, you know, does, is GPA important? Uh, do you look for experience? Those kinds of things. So uh, you are currently listening to Your Career on IRLoneStar.com. Stay tuned because we're going to drill down into how you get a job in this wonderful field of architecture and design. So you're listening to Your Career on IRLoneStar.com, 104.5, 106.1. Stay tuned. Want to check out what it's like to be on the radio? Need credit for school? For an internship? Then contact Dick online at dick at Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, and we are here to be part of the community. Welcome back to Your Career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont. And today in the studio, we have a great guest, Martin Galwitzer with Gensler. And uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, the career path of getting into architecture and design. And, um, you know, so, so I'm really curious, Martin, uh, when, when you're looking to hire candidates to get into this field, what are some things you're looking for? Like is GPA important? Is experience important? What are some things that you look for in the ideal candidate? We, um, as I mentioned before the break, we always look for a baseline education, uh, architecture, interior design, or, very similar types of fields. Um, you know, there's the old joke about what do you call the guy who graduated last from medical school? Doctor. So, you know, we, we try not to focus on uh, GPA or, you know, we're not really in a type of an industry um, that only takes, say, the top, you know, 5% of the class. Um, what we primarily look for uh, at Gensler is a, is a cultural fit, first and foremost. Um, we feel that we like to hire on culture, that we hire people that we want to work with. And um, particularly in our industry, you really spend your entire career learning. It's a, it's a complicated industry. Uh, and so we feel that we can teach anybody almost anything. And um, in fact, uh, during my hiring process, uh, my last interview uh, was with a gentleman who's now my current boss. And at the end of the interview, he told me, well, we hire people we like, and I like you. So hang in there, and we'll get you there. And <laughs> I, I left there thinking, gosh, that's that's interesting idea. But that but that idea has has really stuck with me. And so um, now, when I'm in on that side of the table, that's sort of how I approach it. I think, well, let's hire someone who's got a a good education, 
and someone we like and someone we think will be a great fit for our organization culturally. And then the rest of it we can figure out as we go along. Um, you know, our business and our projects are ever evolving mm-hmm. uh, anyway. So it's not like we're going to hire someone and put them into a task or a position and then expect them to do that for their career. Right. Right. Exactly. It, you know, I'm curious because you, you've got a, a real big focus on uh, the, the culture of the organization. And, and yeah, culture is so key because like in sports, you can take a player on that on one team that may be struggling and, and put that same player on another team and all of a sudden they can flourish. And a lot of times it's just the difference of the coaching and the culture of, of the organization. So if I were to ask you to uh, describe the culture at Gensler, how would you describe it? I would say the primary uh, uh, description would be entrepreneurial. Uh, we're a very large firm. Uh, we have over 5,000 people now across the globe, over 40 offices. Um, however, we operate um, at, at, well, at different scales, but frequently at very small scales. Um, you know, we'll have project teams, maybe only two or three people. Um, we're organized in our offices into studios that are between 15 to 30 people. And so it's sort of a, like a giant collection of all these small independent teams, all sort of working under the same global umbrella, mm-hmm. but we all have, um, a lot of different focuses and, and we don't have a top down kind of a structure. We have a very flat organizational structure and we like to hire people, uh, that, that are a cultural fit and people who are talented and then we get out of their way. Outstanding. And so, and we don't, we have a lot of resources to provide them, but we don't put a ton of structure around them, if that makes sense. Absolutely, um, yeah, because I can imagine each project has its own unique needs and, and requires its own unique talent and, and, and everything else. So that that's awesome. You know, so one thing that I've always been curious about, because a lot of times people will ask on this program, you know, how should I format my resume and how should I structure my resume? And and I'm really curious, given that you're in a creative field in a sense, um, do you still look for resumes that are, you know, your standard format, black and white, or do you look for a little pizzazz on the resume to show that creativity? I'm really curious in your field on that. Sure. Um, Yeah, I would say it's not one particular thing or another, certainly um, just at a first glance, if a resume, again, in our industry, if a resume has a little bit of a, um, an aesthetic quality to it, uh, that will get our attention a little bit. Um, and, and what I look for in a resume, uh, first and foremost, is um, I look for composition. Does it appear to be organized? Does it appear to be thoughtful in the way that it's presented? Um, does it present the information clearly uh, and in some sort of a a format or order that makes it um, easy to digest? Mm -hmm. And so that all that analysis or that, that um, determination all happens right before you even start to understand the content specifically. So, um, you know, if you look like you just went and grabbed a, you know, a resume form off a word and plugged all the information in, you're, you're probably not going to get our attention that much. But if it looks like you've put some thought into how you're trying to compose it, how you're trying to tell your story and craft your message, then that will get the attention. And I think that's, you know, that's not going to carry you all the way through if you don't have 
you know, the meat of the, of what we need. Sure. But it's going to tee you up for a positive review, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that absolutely makes sense. And, and I'm, I'm curious, because a lot of people ask me on whether or not you should put color on the resume. Hmm. And, and I'm curious your perspective on that. I, I would say that, that, you know, perhaps if you drift into organizations that are even farther on the creative spectrum, like um, advertising or public relations or art or advanced media, creative media, um, maybe in that field, there's an opportunity there to distinguish yourself by using color. I would say in our industry, um, again, if, if it's thoughtfully executed, it probably doesn't hurt you, but um, I wouldn't feel compelled to say, well, I'm applying to an architecture or a design firm. I have to colorize my resume. I think again, okay. if it's, if it's yep. thoughtfully composed and it's well put together and your message is clear, then that's really what's going to carry the day. And uh, fr from your perspective, for a des uh, you know resume of somebody that you'd be looking to hire, how long should it be? Like, what what should the maximum length of that resume be? I'm a fan of two pages. Um, if you're able to really send a powerful message in one page, I suppose that could be an advantage or, or could be looked on favorably. Although um, with the amount of education, the type of background we typically look for in candidates, fitting everything on one page is unlikely, right. I think, um, especially if you're a little farther into your career. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that um, really there's any reason why anybody at any level would need to go much beyond two pages. I agree. I agree. That's excellent feedback. So, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm also curious, like, what are some things that would, that would really grab your attention on the resume? Like, are you looking for quantifiable results? Are you looking for like types of projects the individuals worked on? Um, how do you cut through the smoke screen to get to the meat of that resume? Yeah, there are a few key points that we, we tend to, to gravitate toward, um, I, as I mentioned before, the first thing we check is what's the educational background? Do we have that baseline education? Okay. After that, the next thing we always look at is years of experience. Mm -hmm. How long have you been in this business? Yep. Um, because that's one way that we're able to help uh, quantify people's experience and, and, and look at them kind of in the category, you know, of consideration. Um, and then after that, uh, yeah, I would say a couple of things. One is project background. Uh, again, if you're if you're fresh out of school, you're not going to have that. But if you're a right. ten year person, you know that's a that's a big thing we look at is where's your experience in the past and what can you bring to the table, you know, going forward. And uh, we've got about a minute or so before we go to break. So I'm curious before we go to break, what was what's one of the greatest faux pas you've seen on a resume that just made you scratch your head and say, I can't believe a person submitted a resume that looked like this. Um, I would say. Two things. Uh, one is one I touched on earlier, where it, it's where it's really obvious, just glancing at it, that someone just took a template from an online template or off a yeah. word and just plugged their stuff in. It's like, okay, you spent five minutes on this. Why should we, you know, yep. put in the effort for your consideration? Um, and then the other one is, which I honestly, Todd, I really haven't seen that much, but a little bit um, is some people tend to try to over personalize the resumes. 
with uh, personal photography or sometimes snippets about their personal lives um, <laughs> that are just a, a little bit more information than we really need for a job candidate. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, um, you know, there's different schools of thought of whether you should put the picture on the resume and stuff. I feel that the LinkedIn profile is a better place for the picture myself. But, uh, well, when we come back from the break, we're going to dive into more about opportunities at Gensler. And also, I'm curious, you know, with the interview process as well, you know, some, some ways people can stand out in the interview. So stay tuned. You're listening to Your Career with Todd Bermont on IRLoneStar.com, 104.5, 106.1 from beautiful downtown Conroe, Texas. Stay tuned for more. We're starting to film our talk shows and putting them on YouTube. Your favorite Lone Star Community Radio Show can be seen on YouTube under our Lone Star Community Radio Channel and on City of Conroe's Our City TV Channel on Suddenlink Channel 12. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the most recently released videos and find more information online at IRLoneStar.com TV. Welcome back to your career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont, and we are coming to you live from beautiful downtown Conroe, Texas, and uh, really excited today because, um, you know, this is kind of a, a dream career for many people, uh, the, the whole design world, and i um, just really thrilled to have Martin Galwitzer uh, from Gensler as a guest of our program today. And, um, you know, for those of you who want to re-listen to this uh, program, we have podcasts on iTunes, on uh, Google Play, uh, YouTube. We're on YouTube. We're also on SoundCloud. And we also have a program page here at the radio station website, IRLoneStar.com. So you can listen to this great interview over and over again. So uh, with that, um, also a lot of people have been wondering, you know, this is great information. Can I be a sponsor on this show? And the answer is absolutely yes. So reach out to tbermont at irlonestar.com. That's tbermont at irlonestar.com if you are interested in being a sponsor for our program. Now I'd like to dive back into the interview portion of our program. And uh, Martin, uh, before the break, we were talking about resumes and what you look for and, and those kinds of things. And... Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious if, if Gensler has any positions open currently in Houston, and if so, how uh, folks can find out about those opportunities. Yeah, we, uh, we have a number of open positions at any given time. Um, right now, I can tell you just from checking this morning that within our region, which is Houston, Dallas, and Austin, um, and now also in San Antonio, we have a small office we have about 50 open positions. Wow. So we are definitely in a hiring mode in this part of the country. Um, and if you'd like to find more information, uh, you can go to gensler.com slash careers. Awesome. And, um, you know, also if somebody wants to reach you personally to uh, potentially help them design a mission-critical facility, um, how would they go about reaching you? Um, they can contact me at... Um, uh, Martin underscore Galwitzer at Gensler.com. Um, that's Martin underscore G-O-L-L-W-I-T-Z-E-R at Gensler.com. 
Outstanding, outstanding. And, uh, uh, you know, so I, I'm curious, you know, when it comes to the interview, because I'd, li- I'd like to focus on the interview now. Um, let's say somebody got through the gauntlet on the resume. They, they impressed you. They had that good format and design. And uh, now you're, you've granted them the interview. What do you expect a design candidate to have prepared before their first interview? Well, specifically for design candidates, um, I would expect, I think all of us would expect them to have a portfolio, um, which is a graphic representation of work they've done whether that's photography uh, of projects they've worked on or uh, drawings that they've done, uh, even if it's work that they did in school, if they're a a candidate that's recently out of school. Um, Because one thing that that doesn't really translate, obviously, on a resume is, you know, do you know how to design something? Do you know how to draw something? Have you worked on projects? Have you done drawings on projects? And so uh, for our candidates, uh, we expect everybody to come in either in a hard copy or a digital copy with examples of, of work they've done, basically. And uh, I'm curious, like, did you expect the candidates to have these drawings done, like in a program like AutoCAD or Revit or something like that? Or, or how, wh- what types of formats would you look for? We, we get a variety of formats, which is always interesting. And we find that, that most candidates uh, have a variety in their portfolio. Uh, so we'll see some photography of projects. We'll see some drawings that have been done in a computerized or a CAD, you know, format or a 3D program like Revit. Um, and then we frequently will see uh, things that have been done by hand um, to show sort of a creative side. Um, and then separately when it comes to software, which our business, like all other businesses now, has become very software intensive to get sure. our jobs done. Um you know, we, we tend to look for examples of, of work produced in that software. And then, of course, we always have a discussion with these candidates about what their background and experience is with various software platforms that, that we use every day. Yeah, that's interesting that uh, you talk about the fact that, you know, even a, a hand-drawn drawing can be something that could be included in a portfolio. I know with Evolve, one of the things that we take pride in is the fact that uh, you can involve us even from the baptism back of a napkin. Sure. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's important to be able to see those kinds of things in candidates and uh, you folks do tremendous work. And, you know, I'm curious, is it, you know, because the fact that you got so many positions open right now, what do you attribute that to? I, I mean, is it the caliber and the quality of the work that Gensler does that's allowing this growth? Is it the industry, a combination of things? What do you attribute that to? It's a couple of different things. I think, uh, number one, uh, particularly in Dallas and in Austin, I mean, Texas as a whole, right, has seen a huge economic expansion since our last downturn. Um, and, and what comes along with that is design and construction. And so, you know, we've been in a growth mode in Texas now for, I would say, going on five years. Um, I think, as most of us know, in the Houston market, the last couple of years, we've been a little challenged because of energy prices uh, being depressed. Um, And in Houston, we're starting to see, uh, whether you want to call it a recovery or a new normal, uh, we're starting to see the market turn there. And then in Dallas and Austin, we're still just going gangbusters. And so I think at large, that's just an economic reality. And then specifically... 
um, you know, we have a size and we have a, a breadth of a service offering that allows us to serve our clients in many, many different ways across many different levels of expertise and, and project delivery. And so we're able to embrace almost any opportunity that comes to us. We, we don't say no very much, <laughs> um, which, which can be a great thing for, uh, for growth. Uh, but can also present some challenges in the fact that we've got, we're looking for 50 people today, yeah. right? So. Yeah, because that is not at all an easy task to to fill 50 positions uh, at, at a given point in time. So uh, that that's, well, I mean, it's it's got to be exciting to be a part of a company that's a, achieving that kind of growth. So that's that's absolutely outstanding. So now I'd like to focus a little bit on the interview. So um, how long does it take for you to make a, an initial, you know, to get an initial first impression of somebody in the interview of whether or not you think you even want to listen to this person for the next 30 minutes to an hour. Five minutes. Five minutes. Yes, max. All right. So in that five minutes, you know, I mean, how can you possibly come to a conclusion in five minutes, right? I mean, well, what types of things are you looking for? Well, and this goes back to what we were discussing earlier about a cultural fit. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's, there's a lot of debate right now about how effective interviews are in determining the future success of a candidate in your organization. And I certainly acknowledge that. And I will say that I seem to have a, a knack for sussing out people who will be good fits, at least for us, from a cultural standpoint. Mm -hmm. So I would say that, you know, in the first few minutes of the interview, you know, three to seven minutes or so, um, you know, I really try to, to get a feel for, can we continue this dialogue? It, you know, it's not that a determination is made on, yes, we're hiring or, or no, we're not. It's sort of, okay, we've seen the resume. We've seen the personality for the cultural fit. Yep. Now let's go into some more detailed discussions about more detailed um, attributes and how those might work for what we're trying to accomplish in our mission. But yeah, that first five minutes, I think is sort of the groundwork for the cultural piece. Outstanding. And, and I'm curious too, like, how do you expect to, you know, within your industry and in your field, how do you expect a person to dress for the interview? Um, I, I would say professionally that that's a, that's a pretty broad, <laughs> uh, uh, statement, but, um, you know, we, we, uh, we're in a, we're in a creative industry to be sure but we're in a professional services industry. So uh, we work in an office, just like a lot of other folks do. And so, um, you know, I, I expect folks to arrive dressed as if they're going to a job interview in a, in a professional office. Awesome. Well, when we come back from the break, one of the things that I want to do is I want to drill into uh, some of the interview questions that you might ask in the interview. You know, I'd love to know, like, what's some of the, you know, one or two of the toughest questions you like to ask interview candidates so uh you are currently listening to your career with todd bermont on irlonestar.com 104.5 106.1 stay tuned for more did you know your favorite show on lone star community radio are on social media facebook twitter google plus instagram you name it they're on it check out where they are online on irlonestar.com shows and see which of your favorite hosts are online 
Make sure to follow them and see what is in store for the next broadcast. Follow Lone Star Community Radio on Twitter at IRLoneStar or Facebook with facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. Welcome back to Your Career. I'm your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont, and we are coming to you from beautiful downtown Conroe, Texas on 104.5, 106.1, IRLoneStar.com. And uh, we're having some fun in the studio here, and our producer here is trying to throw me off my game, and I love it because, hey, I'm ready for anything on this program, and uh, we're, <laughs> we're having fun here. We were just talking about fun stuff during the break as well, so I just knew something like that would happen. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we have a great guest in our, uh, in our studio today, Martin Gowitzer. Martin is worth... Gensler and and Gensler, when it comes to mission critical facilities, one of the best uh, architecture and design firms, not just in Texas but across the globe. And it's absolutely an honor to have Martin in our studio today. And and we've been talking about the interview process. And um, you know, I, you know, it's I always love hearing people's answers on how quickly they make a determination on whether or not they even want to hear the candidate for the rest of the interview. And uh, Martin was saying that it takes about five minutes for him to form an impression. For me, a lot of times it's within 90 seconds I have an idea. And, um, you know, a lot of times you can just tell by the handshake and the confidence of the person or lack thereof and and, um, how they're dressed, the preparation and all those things. So I'm curious, Martin, when it comes to the interview, what would you say are, are, you know, one or two really tougher gotcha questions that you love to ask that make people squirm? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I try not to do those types of interviews because, um, uh, you know, I've been on the other side of the table enough times in my life. I, I appreciate it sometimes when interviewers have a little bit of mercy upon <laughs> me. So um, I, re- I don't we don't really try to, to, to get people per se. But, um, you know, we do ask them. Uh, I think I think the toughest question, um, if you could characterize it that way, is we tend to just ask them why Gensler. Um, you know, we're we're the largest firm in our industry, and our name is certainly widely known, especially within the industry. Um, and it's it's I think pretty widely known that we have a little bit of a different approach and culture to our organization, and so I, we're always curious to know and understand why someone has seeked us out. And and what kind of knowledge, you know, because obviously since they haven't worked for the company, they're not going to know the culture and stuff like that per se, unless they know somebody that works there. But um, what type of knowledge would you expect that they would have when they answer that question? I would expect they that a candidate would have done some research. And I think this is, this is part of why uh, we do ask this question is, um, you know, information, and, and we're an employee-owned company, we're not publicly traded, but we have a website, and everybody has a website, and... Um, what is that website, by the way? It's, it's gensler.com, G-E-N-S-L-E-R.com. And, you know, with, with websites, with social media these days, um, there's almost nothing that you can't uncover, at least some information about any company that you're going to be going to interview with. And I would say that, um, you know, part of asking that question is to gauge, like, how much research did you do before you came and spoke with us? And, um, 
I would say that probably the number one faux pas, if you will, uh, going into an, a job interview, besides the really obvious stuff like not dressing appropriately or being late, would be if, if you clearly did not take a little time to understand something about the organization that you're now purporting to want to join, I think that's an indicator that you're not really committed, you know, even for the interview. So why should we make a commitment to each other, you know, for an employment term? That's a great point. Now, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious cause you know, I'm a big believer too that, uh, and one of the things we talk about in the program is that folks should look at the LinkedIn profile of, of the folks that are going to be interviewing them. And, you know, I'm curious if you have that level of expectation as well, that somebody would look up your LinkedIn profile and get a little bit of background about you as a person. I think it doesn't hurt. Um, I personally don't have an expectation that someone's going to do that. I have an expectation that they're going to try to um, do some research into our organization and what we're about and what our mission is. Um, but if someone comes in and they happen to say, oh, you know, I saw on LinkedIn that you wrote this blog about X and, you know, I have a few thoughts about that. I think, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so certainly that, you know, anything you can, you can find to um, spur that personal engagement along, uh, it's got to work uh, to your advantage. Absolutely. Um, so I'm curious if you have any war stories for us of, uh, you know, some just crazy experiences that you've had uh, interviewing candidates before, or maybe your own personal experience going on an interview. You know, I'd be curious if you got any war stories to share with us. Sure. Um, as Yeah, as far as uh, being an interviewer, uh, I have to say, and maybe it's because, you know, um, we, we do enjoy the, the place in the market where we live, and we sort of have a bench line, and I think people coming through our doors understand that, you know, if you're going to go play in the big leagues, you know, you've got to, you've got to at least have a minimum baseline for what your presentation is going to be. So I don't have any real war stories from that side of the table, but um, I do have a little interesting one um, that was from my own uh, interview with Gensler uh, many years ago. Um, so I was waiting in the, in the lobby and uh, a few folks came out and they took me into the conference room and we usually have at least two people in the interview and um, the senior person in the interview came in and he sat down at the end of the table and he turned his chair toward me and he crossed his legs and he started talking about Gensler. And he talked about the firm and the culture and the mission and the organization for about 20 minutes straight. And I remember sitting there and thinking to myself, Boy, this is the strangest job interview I've ever been on. We've been in here 20 minutes. This guy hasn't asked me a single question yet. And what I didn't, of course, know at that time and what I, what I see now, you know, where I'm, now that I'm in that position talking to folks, is that that's, that's part of how we determine this cultural fit that I keep talking about is, you know, we don't really view it as, well, we're going to grill you on your qualifications we say, look, we're going to share with you what we're about. And then we're going to have a dialogue with you to see if you seem to get that and to see if you want to get on board that train that, that's rolling down the tracks. And that's really interesting because that that's uh, really a, a unique approach to interviewing. I, I'm not sure I'm aware of too many firms out there that 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 take that approach. And, uh, you know, but I, I can only imagine that 
you know, you're really keying in on, on the listening skills of the individual, whether or not, you know, how quickly the individual can think on their feet as far as picking out some key points when you're going over uh, what the company's all about and everything and how they translate that to themselves. That, that, that's really fascinating from, from my perspective. So you've found that over the years that that works out pretty well as far as an interview style. Yes, I think so. And, and I would say, I mean, look, we have a, we have a lot of people who do a lot of interviews, you know, um, I I am not the sole person to interview people, even for my studio, which is only one of, uh, several just in our Houston office. And so we have a lot of people in the, around the world on any given day interviewing a lot of people. And so, um, there isn't one prescriptive way we do it. Uh, and certainly there's a spectrum and different interviewers are comfortable on different parts of the spectrum. But again, I think, you know, at, at the baseline, it goes back to let's try to have a fundamental understanding of how someone can fit into our organization. And then, you know, we can sort of take it from there. And to reiterate a point I made earlier is, you know, we, we hire people we like, we hire people who we think are smart and talented, and then we get out of their way. That's our basic philosophy. Outstanding. So um, for those of you that might have missed the first part of the program, uh, Martin, you had mentioned that Gensler's in a, a growth mode and, and uh, hiring several positions. I think you mentioned that there were close to 50 positions open in, in the local region here. And uh, I'm curious, again, how people can find out about those opportunities. You can go to uh, gensler.com slash careers, G-E-N-S-L-E-R.com slash careers. Uh, and what I would encourage people to do is, you know, we, uh, we put job listings as, as we um, are able and as we're obligated to um, on our website, but it's a very dynamic market. And in a, in a business where, you know, our capital is human and our property is intellectual, um, the needs are constantly changing. And so I would say if you go onto our site and you don't find uh, a position that's open, that's an exact match for what you're looking for, or maybe you see something you like, but you don't quite have the exact qualifications, go ahead and apply anyway. We're probably interested in talking to you. Outstanding. So, uh, so I'm curious in, in this final portion of, of the program, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to get your feedback for all those folks out there that are maybe, you know, not happy in their current job or maybe they're uh, going to be graduating from college. And, um, well, actually, we got a lot of listeners that will be graduating college in the next couple months. Um, if you were to give them a quick little roadmap on how to best approach the job search process, what would those key steps be? That's a great question. Um, you know, there are the job market, I think, like any other market today, is uh, can be very can feel very fragmented because of all the online presence and social media and just general sort of chatter out there. Um, you know, there isn't one way anymore, right? Or even two, or even three. Um, but I would say, uh, and, and I think this applies sort of across a spectrum of a lot of situations, including the way we do business every day, which is if you have a personal relationship or multiple personal relationships that you can use um, to open doors for you, that's going to be your strongest asset right there. You know, family members who are in an industry, friends, friends of friends, 
friends of family. Um, I personally got um, an intro into Gensler because of a good family friend of mine. So, um, you know, great resumes are great. Portfolios are great. You, you've got to dress sharp. You've got to be positive and confident and make eye contact. And you've got to be smart and talented and educated. Okay, so that's just the minimum, right? <laughs> that's the basics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but beyond all that, you know, if you can, if someone can can vouch for you, if someone can recommend you, if someone can say, "Hey, you need to talk to Todd," because you know he's the the son of a my next door neighbor, and he's a really smart kid, and he's looking for a job in this industry, and that right there, uh, I think, is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, it's it's interesting because that's how I wound up at my position at Evolve. Is that uh, the the gentleman I now work for used to work for me at a, at a prior job. And uh, so you just yep. never know how the world is, is going to work. And uh, so, well, it's, it's just been absolutely a pleasure having you in the studio today, Martin. And thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Uh, I'm just curious. And we got about 30 seconds or so left. And, and I'm curious if you have any final words of advice for our listeners. Be persistent. I know that sounds a little trite, um, but just stick with it. You know, keep getting up no matter how many doors are slammed in your face. Just keep knocking on them and, and just don't don't give up because you will get there eventually. I love it. And, and that's that's great advice, not just for the job search, but for life in general. And uh, Martin, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in the studio today. Thank you, folks. Uh, you've been listening to your career this is your host and resident career expert, Todd Bermont. Check us out on Facebook. You got a question for us for the question of the week? Go on the Facebook page, Facebook slash Your Career. Uh, once again, this is Todd Bermont, Your Career, IRLoneStar.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a successful day. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. For more information on this show and other shows on Lone Star Community Radio, check us out online at IRLoneStar.com. If you're interested in sponsoring a program on Lone Star Community Radio and reaching the local audience of Montgomery County on FM, Internet, TV, Media, please call 936-647-5747 or contact us online at IRLoneStar.com. This recording is a Lone Star Community Radio production produced by the show host and Dick Schischler of Lone Star Community Radio. Interested in volunteering as a music DJ or starting your own talk show? Contact Dick Schischler at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or by phone at 936-647-5747.